0: Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Tuesday, June 22nd. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. At least five homeless people froze to death in St. Louis this past winter after city officials declined to fund a 24-hour walk-in shelter. The city has chosen to go it alone when it didn't have to, to be a bad partner when it didn't have to. That investigation from St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan and APM Reports is coming up in just a few minutes. Missouri Governor Mike Parson has set a deadline of today for lawmakers to strike a deal to reauthorize a critical tax that helps fund the state's Medicaid program. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum explains why an agreement on the so-called federal reimbursement allowance has been elusive. Governor Mike Parson won't call a special session on legislation authorizing a tax on places like hospitals without legislative consensus. Without that tax that pays for Missouri's Medicaid program, Parsons says he'll have to withhold money from the budget after July 1st. What's holding up any progress is demands from conservative lawmakers like Senator Bob Onder to include language that would bar taxpayer dollars from going to Planned Parenthood. The Missouri Supreme Court ruled that we couldn't uh, make policy in the budget that's what put us in in a situation where we couldn't just put the pro-life language in a budget bill we have to put it permanently in statute several senators also want to prevent medicaid from paying for certain forms of contraception i'm jason rosenbaum st louis public radio st louis and st louis county are suing missouri over a new law blocking local police departments from enforcing federal gun regulations It's the first legal challenge to the Second Amendment Preservation Act. The suit claims the act is unconstitutional. The U.S. Department of Justice has already warned Governor Mike Parson it also believes the measure is unconstitutional. Parson says he will continue to reject any attempt by the federal government to interfere with the Second Amendment rights of Missouri residents. Five St. Louis school districts are partnering with Washington University to receive access to free COVID-19 saliva testing. As St. Louis Public Radio's Kendall Crawford reports, the program is aimed at keeping students healthy and in school. WashU is providing COVID testing to Normandy, Jennings, University City, Pattonville, and ferguson florissant school districts. But Dr. Jason Newland, a Washington University researcher, says it's about more than the tests. He says it's a part of a larger conversation on how to better support schools in black communities. The only way to truly, I think, address some of the access issues our racism issues is to really be embedded with our community to do the research that we believe is important to advance. Drive-through testing is available to students, teachers, and their family members almost every day of the week. The testing will be available throughout this coming school year. I'm Kendall Crawford, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis University's Vice President for Diversity and Community Engagement has died. Jonathan Smith came to SLU in 2002 as an Assistant Professor of American Studies. He would later teach African American Studies and serve as the university's first Chief Diversity Officer. University President Fred Pastello says Smith was committed to racial justice, diversity, equity, and inclusion, He says Smith's death leaves a gaping hole at the university. He just loved people and wanted everyone to feel comfortable and supported and thrive. And he's one of the most generous and disarming and big-hearted men I've ever known. Smith leaves behind his wife, Rochelle, and three daughters. He was 61. A dispute between St. Louis officials and the organizations that serve the city's homeless has life-or-death consequences. This past winter in St. Louis, five homeless people froze to death despite warnings from providers there were not enough walk-in shelters. An investigation from St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzon and APM Reports finds homeless nonprofits are taking concrete steps to loosen the city's grip on how money is spent.
1: In February, St. Louis experienced a 10-day period of deadly sub-zero temperatures, forcing Kevin Johnson to move into an emergency homeless shelter downtown. We spoke with him back then while he stood in the doorway of the shelter. As he ushered people inside, he worried about those still on the streets. They're gonna freeze if they don't come in here for no heat. Johnson has lived on the streets of St. Louis for years. In the winter, he usually curls up under a pile of blankets or crouches over a heating vent to stay warm. Still, he knows the dangers of wintertime firsthand. Last year, he was sitting outside Union Station in St. Louis when he says another man froze to death right beside him. Came back and he was blue. I thought he was asleep, but he was dead. This is not the only instance of a homeless person dying from the cold in St. Louis. Records from the St. Louis City Medical Examiner show at least 11 homeless city residents have died of hypothermia since 2014. Nearly half of those deaths happened this winter. Some St. Louis service providers say the city has done the bare minimum when it comes to caring for homeless people. A history of scarce resources has further strained the relationship between providers and the city, putting more pressure on homeless advocates to fill the gaps. Now, service providers are taking steps to loosen the city's grip on what gets prioritized and how money is spent. Tim Huffman is a St. Louis University professor who studies issues around homelessness.
0: The city has chosen to go it alone when it didn't have to, to be a bad partner when it didn't have to. And the impact has been a profound additional stressor to people whose lives are already incredibly hard. In
1: 2019, an umbrella group of about 100 organizations that advises the city on homeless issues voted to become an independent nonprofit. The St. Louis Continuum of Care then took it a step further this May when it decided to hire a lawyer to begin the process. Huffman says the relationship between the Continuum of Care and the city's prior administration worsened during the pandemic. The city dismantled tent encampments against the advice of health professionals. They ignored calls for winter shelters. And Huffman says important decisions, like where to open new shelters, were often left to employees in the mayor's office with little training in human services.
0: We need to think, what are the ideal roles of the city to play in the system? It shouldn't be delivering programs, and it shouldn't be designing them.
1: And he says it should not be disregarding expert opinions. For example, in December, the city rejected two grant proposals that would have used federal dollars to create a 24-hour winter shelter. It was meant to protect the people most likely to freeze to death, like those struggling with mental illness. A few months later, temperatures plunged into the single digits in St. Louis. Dozens of volunteers combed the city streets, looking for homeless people. They stayed in touch with walkie talkies. Some volunteers, like Lisa Winter, would cram their cars with blankets and hand warmers and drive until three or four in the morning, shuttling people to shelters. You literally are just driving around alleyways, looking around dumpsters. There's nothing glamorous, glorious, pretty about it because you know that you're making a desperate attempt to not have anybody die outside. Winter works with Tent Mission STL, an outreach group founded last year to cover gaps in city services. These volunteers, along with many others, collected about $80,000 in private donations and quickly opened a shelter without city funding. At the end of her shift, Winter says, she'd feel guilty for having to sleep, knowing there were still people outside who might freeze to death. But at the same time, she was frustrated.
0: Why am I the one
1: doing this? I don't have any special training to do this. I'm not I don't even have like the right resources to do this. How a city prioritizes homeless services becomes an even bigger problem when resources are tight. The city has not contributed any money from its general fund to homeless services since 2002. And with the exception of a big boost in pandemic related funds last year, the small amount of federal funding for shelters hasn't increased in almost a decade.
0: The major elephant in the room is resources.
1: Anthony Diagostino runs St. Patrick's Center, one of the largest homeless shelters in St. Louis. He says last year was the first time he can remember the city having enough funding for homeless services. But he says it's a temporary fix.
0: Without the COVID money, it goes back to a situation where it's just underfunded. In
1: my opinion,
0: the city is not allocating enough money of their own budget towards this.
1: Newly elected St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones is working to change that. In April, Jones backed a plan to shift several million dollars from the city's police department to social services. Some of that money would help hire up to 15 people to assist the homeless. The mayor's policy director, Noel Pfeffer, says the new administration wants to smooth over the rocky relationship between the city and homeless providers.
0: The truth is that there have been some toxic relationships, and and we're trying to mend those. Because at the end of the day, we don't have a choice about whether or not to work together. We, We have to work together.
1: Pfeffer says no one from the St. Louis Continuum of Care has approached him about their plans to become an independent nonprofit. And he says the city has, quote, more urgent priorities. But the continuum of care is still moving forward with its plans. The move would allow them to apply for more outside grants and possibly challenge the city for control of future federal funding. Tom Burnham has worked with Peter and Paul Community Services for nearly four decades and has seen six different mayors lead the city. He remembers one city official in the 1990s who told him. Y'all know the golden rule. He's got the gold rules. Burnham says for too long, the city has held the purse strings, deciding how federal dollars for homeless programs are spent. It gives them a certain power, uh, and it's not just a monetary power. By controlling those funds, that stifles an honest, open discussion. St. Louis is now at a crossroads when it comes to homeless services. The city released a draft plan that would put $13 million in new federal funding towards support for homeless services in St. Louis. But at the end of the day, the city will still be in control of that money. The question is whether they'll take the advice of experts on how to spend it. I'm Shayla Farzan, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: That story was produced in collaboration with APM Report's Public Media Accountability Initiative with support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener supported service of the University of Missouri St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway.